0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: It's a new era for the 49ers. Oh my God, Jimmy Garoppolo. With a roster full of talent. Debo Samuel with the catch. The pass is going to be picked off by Bosa. Nick Bosa. And it's almost time for kickoff. Welcome to the kickoff show with Larry Krueger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game. Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef. Legendary quality.
0: And away we go. Larry Krueger, Neal here at the Santa Clara Hilton on a rainy but... Beautiful uh, football Sunday. It is Week 14 in the NFL, and today we get the Niners and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And welcome to the Kickoff Show. Niners are eight and four. Buccaneers are six and six. And I welcome in the 16-year NFL vet, Lo Neil. What's going on, Lo? What's up, brother? Excited? Excited
1: about the day? Ready to oh, get it going, man? I Tommy's am... coming to town. Oh. The local, the local hero is coming to town. Coming back home. Can he make it good? Something's got to (laughs) give. Something's got to give. Right? Something's got to
0: give. Uh, Brady's never lost to a rookie quarterback, and today, Mister Irrelevant, the NFL has never seen a Mister Irrelevant start an NFL game at quarterback we're seeing that today with Brock Purdy going against the goat the, goat. the greatest of all time coming home and Purdy's <laughs> family is going to be in the house I think Brady's family potentially could be in the house no
1: they, they they will be actually I talked to Maureen Brady this morning you know she's her his sister went to Fresno State with, that, with, with me, and she was on the softball team. So, been knowing this family for a while. They're excited. You know, just, you know, Tom's coming home. You know, good to see your brother. Good to see, your, you know, your son. So, it's just going to be exciting. You know, I know the family's excited about this.
0: Oh, man, I'm excited as well. And, and uh, a lot of people think that Tom Brady's going to play here next year, that he's going to finish wow. in a 49er uniform. I don't know if I'm convinced about that. A lot has to come come uh, to fruition before that can be a reality. But the Buccaneers roll in here. Their offense does not look good. No. They cannot run the ball. They Horrible. don't have balance. Brady's thrown it 40, 50 times yeah. a game. He's thrown it over 40 times, nine times already this year.
1: It's That's a ton. It, it, it's, it's more than a ton, brother. When you talk about this, bro, and you're talking about, Larry, you know what Tom Brady means to this team, especially offensively it's 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 insurmountable because of the fact he doesn't have a good offensive line. I mean, it's like, how can a 45-year-old guy stand up in that pocket and take the hits and the punishment he takes? I mean, his offensive line, I mean, they're the most penalized team. Your tackle has, I think, over 40, ta- 40 uh, PIs or, or, or being holding calls. I mean, the most in the league. So when you think about what Brady's still able to do and keep that team relevant, It's pretty amazing, and they're playing pretty good defense, though.
0: Well, and and Tampa rolls in. Um, They've lost three straight on the road, but, man, you just don't want to give Tom Brady a chance. Don't keep it close. Well, exactly. You don't want him to have a chance in the fourth quarter to come back and beat you. Um, I think the Niners may knock him out today. Tristan Wirfs, his his, uh, star right tackle, is out with the high ankle sprain. He's not going to go. Josh Wells is going to start in his place. Donovan Smith has had problems. We've had problems on the interior. The Niners... Nick Bosa, who did not practice all week, is going to go low um, today. And now, now, the question is this. How long and how many snaps for Bosa? The Niners have a quick turnaround. They play Seattle in Seattle Thursday night. So that's a big question. We'll get into that a little bit later with J.D., but um we'll get into this matchup and we got a yeah. couple hours to do it and I'm really excited to to get into it and it's it's an interesting one because right. um the 49ers and the Buccaneers both teams want to keep their playoff momentum going and uh, the Bucs are struggling but man Brady's, but they're finding a way right? right? <laughs> go I mean you saw last
1: week uh, as amazing I mean wasn't I, that
0: incredible against New Orleans I mean they hadn't done anything and then boom 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 and Brady's won the game
1: less than five minutes left I thought about turning off the TV and then I'd said. That's Tom Brady. And, and, and you watch the way that he orchestrates that drive. The first play looks like an interception, and the Saints think they have it. And then he takes them on a 90-some-yard touchdown drive. And then he said, oh, my goodness, they left too much time on the clock. And it was just amazing to watch him will that game and take over. And what I took away from that, when I look at Galwin and look at the weapons, Julio, and you think about the guys that he has, I, I take away that Tampa Bay – their offensive line is a sieve. I just don't think they're good. But Tampa Bay has some star power at the receiver position. They have some weapons if Tom had time because you look at the receivers and you look at Julio, what he's able to do to catch some of the things those guys still can do in this part of time of their career. It's still pretty amazing. He just doesn't have the time up front.
0: You know, the the thing that, When I'm thinking about ways Tampa could beat the Niners today, I'm thinking, how how are they going to get it done? Because Fournette's not running it. Rashad White's not running it. They're throwing it to these guys a little bit, but they're not having success running the football. So how are they going to do it? Last week, Tom threw it 54 times. I think Chris Godwin needs like a 12-catch, 145-yard-type performance. But the sad thing, though, is he's capable. Yeah, they got some capable guys. And, you know, last week he had a 29% target share. Uh, The Niners struggled to defend the slot receiver. Uh, You know, Jimmy Ward has, has, has been the nickelback the last few weeks does Brady just play pitch and catch on third down with Godwin and just keep the chains moving all day? There may be a chance that he's so accurate and Godwin is such a great route runner, um, that, that's exactly what we see. If God, to me Tampa can't win this game unless Godwin has double digit catches. Yeah,
1: what what about 13? What do you think about that receiver? You know that I'm just uh, you do Big think Mike the, Evans big is Mikey? A, Yeah, I mean he's a red zone guy. I mean, you know, why? He's big. He can go up and get the pass. He can yeah. get the jump ball. Him and Hulu is dangerous with Great Godwin, ball skills. With Godwin, no you got to jam him. You got to disrupt his pattern. Because you know the offensive line can't hold up. If you're the Niners, even if he's in the slot, if he's moving, you got to still have a guy, you know, marry him. But you got to try to jam him and get him off his rhythm. Because one, two, three—if you can jam him like that, the offensive line can't hold up. That's going to be critical in mine because Godwin is a. right, you said, he can make plays. They got to you got to disrupt this pattern. No question. No question. And you got to disrupt Tom Brady's rhythm. No question. If you get
0: Tom Brady, I mean, we saw the end of that Saints game last week when Tom Brady's in full rhythm oh, in the fourth goodness. quarter. I don't care what the stats say, you're in deep trouble as a defense <laughs> because he just he he just absolutely can pick you apart. I mean, the way he, he, he went through things last week against the Saints was incredible. Now Brady threw 54 times wow. last week. Wow. 54. 54. I mean, that's incredible. Um, Well, Jimmy throws sometimes average 25 passes a game. He's done what he did in two games. Wow. 54. But he hooked up with Kate Otten with three minutes remaining in the fourth quarter and then tossed the touchdown to Godwin with 19 seconds left, and that was called back. So then he hit Rashad White with three seconds left. But it just seemed like once Brady was in that rhythm Rhythm. at the end of the game, there was no stopping it. There's no pressuring him. The ball comes out on time. It doesn't matter that he's 45 and immobile. It's like if you get to that point, you're kind of yeah. So I think if you're the 49ers, part of the game plan today is don't get to that point. And you're game.
1: playing home. That's a, They were in Tampa the other night, and it was you know, and you know, you you had a little home come crowd going home cooking. They were chanting Brady. You knew this is a, you know he's been there before. This guy's the goat. But now you're playing at Levi's. You're playing in a hostile environment. You're playing in a stadium that you know that's going to be rocking. And uh, I and you got a defensive front that's one of the best in the league. You're, you're, you're healthy. And I look at this game. You look at two games that's coming up. This game in Seattle. I, I think Seattle's probably. If you look at it, to me, yep. you'd have to say Seattle's probably a little tougher. You're going to have to play on the road with the with the quarterback that you that's you know with with, with the quarterback that has it. This going to be his first really start. So when you look at it like that, you think this game you need to make sure you take care of because Seattle, you know, it's unknown right now.
0: You know, D'Amico uh, Lowe made a point. D'Amico Ryan's, who probably is going to be an NFL head coach next year, uh, the Niners' defensive coordinator made a point earlier this week, and he's talking about what. You know, what Todd Bowles may try to do to. Uh, Brock Purdy and he says man they're going to crowd the line of scrimmage they're going to shut down the run game and they're going to say to Brock Purdy all right now big timer let's see you do something down the field and can he do it I think that is one of the big questions of the day is you know you look at that that uh, Tampa Bay secondary Mike Edwards a strong safety out uh, Antoine Winfield the strong this free safety who's outstanding out Sean Berf- Sean Murphy bunting the, the nickel corner who's a terrific player the, his status is under question today right. question so that means Keanu Neal, who's really more of a linebacker, he is going to be in coverage. Made
1: a big play though last week, and
0: that oh, you know, and he's a hitter, and he's, he's a, a hitter, he's a hitter, and he's very fiscal, but he can be exploited oh, yeah. in pass coverage. But can Purdy? They're going to load the box. They're going to send a bunch of blitzes just like Miami did last week. Can Purdy and the Niners O-line handle them? Can they identify them? And can they make plays? To, this team's going to dare Brock Purdy. They saw him play pitch and catch underneath. They, they, they're they going to dare him to throw the ball down the field. And if he can do it, the Niners may have a overwhelming victory today. If, they, if he can't do it, this could be a very low-scoring game, even a loss.
1: Right. I, I like where you're going with this. And, I, I, you know, to go back to what Tom Brady did, I think that the only bigger surprise to me was of a guy by the name of Baker Mayfield. What he did was just unbelievable, playing backyard football, just got off the plane, and that was the better comeback to me just watching it. But He only had a walkthrough, through Yeah, yeah Baker. It, I mean, exactly. he didn't even have a practice. Bro, it was, it was watching McVay in the ear, you know, in, in, the, in the microphone, like, come on, Ace go to this guy. It was like playing backyard football. He did not know necessarily routes and all the different things that was going on. He knew where to go with the ball because the coach was in his ear, and he just beat him with the ball. So when I look at, you know, Brock, and you think about this young quarterback, can he beat these guys with the ball? I'm going to say yes. And not only am I going to say yes, I think that here's again, I've always asked this year, you know, you and I on the show, we always talk about what's going on with Kittle. Is Kittle happy? Is he not happy? Let me tell you something. This young kid is going to use Kittle because you can't cover Kittle see that's the difference when you watch kansas city kelsey can't be covered you can't you, you you can't cover him yeah you can cover him every now and then but he's uncoverable for consistency uh, long term you can't cover these guys and Kittle has that same type of dynamic so now if you're going to press him with the linebacker and say okay we're going to bear in the beat Kittle's too physical physical and too strong real quick to get to, to, to get loose and if you try to safety you know what he's going to do to safety so i think you're going to have more Kittle involved in his offense now and look for look for Shanahan, I know you might not think so, but to move the pocket. Not that he's, not that, you know, he's, I just think he's more athletic. He can move, get out of a way a little bit more than Jimmy. I think that you're going to see some boots, and I think you'll see Kittle more in this game, but in my opinion. No, you know, I think you're right.
0: In fact, one of the prop bets I looked at this week was would there be a Kittle reception of 17 yards? It was like 16 and change. And I would say, yeah, there will be one, yeah. uh, because I think kid, first of all, if you look at the numbers, when the Niners um, under you know since George has been here, have leaned on a backup quarterback, whether it be Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, whoever it's been. Um, Kittle's always had a big game. Yeah. So now they're leaning on a backup quarterback again, and I expect Kittle to have a big game. Also, I think you are going to see Tampa Bay challenge Purdy. No, at have the line to. of scrimmage. He's going to have to make some plays down the field, and I think it's pretty likely that he finds Kittle on a, on a significant gainer, you know, 18, 20 yards at some point in this game. So I think, I, I think Kittle's a, a
1: major key factor against Tampa. How do you, how do you view Tampa's front four? How do you do that? You how do you do well? There I mean, are guys up front.
0: I, I, to me, Devin White is a is a guy that even though he's an inside backer, yeah. you have to view him as a as a pass rusher. Because he's such an awesome delayed blitzer, uh-huh. and he's got such unbelievable speed. So to me, their defense—the one guy in their defense that I gotta account for in every play is Devin White. whether it's run, pass—you gotta get him blocked. You gotta know where he's at. He's like four-four. He detonates on quarterbacks. He comes. He's about six-one and change, two forty-five, and he just comes rumbling up the field. He does. And he's just—he only knows one speed. So Devin White's the best player. Levante David has been making tackles. In this league for a long time, sideline to sideline guy. They really have a ton of speed. It's hard to run wide on this defense. And then look what you got in the middle. You got Vita Vey and Nicky Vey. I love Vita. Vita Vey's like, you know, as wide as this glass. Space heater. I mean, he's like a Coke machine. (laughs) I mean, the guy's like, he's like, he's so wide. Right, right. Um, But, you know, if you look at the injury report, he's a little ding. Yeah. And so is Akeem Hicks. So how effective are they going to be? I think the underrated part of the Niners this year has been the play of Burford and Banks and Brendel inside. So I'm not as concerned, but. Um, that will be interesting. I, I do think they will move the pocket because Purdy is six feet six, six and change, and Vita Vea is one of the monstrous yeah. people in the right. in the league. So uh, just to give him a better look. But you know, the one thing with Brock, watching him, I thought you know last week. By the way, let's let, you know in this segment we got about ten more minutes right. in the segment. Give me your thought on last week. Niners got a nice win over Tampa. Um, I thought over uh, Miami. I, yeah, the Dolphins. I, right. I, you know. I thought the uh, the play that stood out that I wanted to ask you about was that drive right before the first half. The Niners third and ten on their own thirty five. You got uh, you got Phillips, the Miami Hurricane, coming off the edge unblocked. Right, he's a free runner at Purdy. So Miami's got a, it's showing a pressure look. They're coming with a five man pressure, and he's got Phillips in his lap and he know, and I don't even know that he saw George, and he just went right to George in the middle of the field and then took a huge hit from Phillips. It converted the first down. To me, that was as good a play as Purdy made the entire
1: day. I, I agree with you. I, there was another play, too, third and two, and they run a little boot. He hits Kittle. If he holds on, he's got a tight end that's probably higher he could hit, but he's, he moved the chains. Right. I was excited because he took what they gave him, he could have been greedy and went for it, but he said, "I'm just going to give them, take what they're giving me." What I liked about what I liked about Brock, the biggest thing was the takeaway was the decision maker. So when you know when you it's it's you know when you're playing football, it's alignment, assignment, and technique. When you watch the guys assignment wise, he was fundamentally sound. You watched some of the ball sailed on him, you know maybe missed some passes, but what you didn't see, you saw he was going to the right place with the ball. That's what I was I, – I, that was my biggest takeaway. The kid knows where to go with the ball. When you watch him play, when you look at him watch the defense and he sees everything that's out there, at least he's on time with the ball and he knows where to go. So that was, that was the biggest takeaway because if you're just holding it and make him play in street – backyard, street, street ball, and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to scram around, make something happen. I'm, I'm indecisive, don't know where to go. You look like a deer in the hair locks. That wasn't him. What he did was like, okay, one, two, three, boom, I know where close to go here, and he would throw it. That's what I like. So that part of the game, I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. He's the, the, you know, the one thing you say about Purdy, he sees it. He sees um, it. Yes. He really does see it. And then also he anticipates, you know, things. He makes some anticipatory throws. I mean, the other thing about him that I think is kind of interesting is that um, for a guy who is not supposed to have arm strength, he's letting it rip. He's letting it go in tight windows. Now. Yeah. And that, that drive I was talking about, second late second quarter, at this point, it's, it's a 10-10 ball game, right? The game's for anybody at this point. 49ers are driving down. If they get the touchdown, they're taking a 17-10 lead into the break. They get down inside the five-yard line. It's second and goal from the three. He throws that, I don't know if he caught a back shoulder. I mean, it was an absolute dime between a sea of arms, to McCaffrey right behind him, but hit him in the hands to the point where McCaffrey looks surprised. And McCaffrey dropped dropped it. it. He dropped it. Yeah. Now we go to the next play. It's third and goal. If they don't get the touchdown here, it's a three-point lead at the half instead of a seven-point lead. And Purdy goes back to pass, keeps his shoulders squared, and then just did a perfect pitch and catch to McCaffrey, but he held it for just a tick to let McCaffrey get into the end zone because the coverage was tight. So he knew if he threw it to him short, he's going to take a big hit at the goal line and maybe fumble, maybe. He let him, he drifted one extra step, let him get into the end zone, and then quickly delivered it to him and kind of looked it off because the window was so small. That level of being able to operate in those small windows with no room to operate I think is what is going to make Brock Purdy a lot of money in the
1: NFL. I, I totally agree with you. Watching that play, they're playing like a man or either cover four or eight because you saw both what you saw McCaffrey run like he's running in the flat. So he takes off like he's running in the flat. So he's pushing the corner. So he's pushing the corner to make him get wider. And like you're saying, Brock knew where he was going with the ball predetermined. So, as McCaffrey pushed the corner, the inside linebacker started widening as well. So, you, so he knew that I'm going to push his outside shoulder and threaten. So, once he went, that, and then all he did was flip around flip around and pivot inside so when he did that the ball was right there and he put it right between those two windows only where you that's only where the ball could have went because you had two guys bracket coverage on McCaffrey you had bracket coverage they said they're taking McCaffrey away and not letting him catch that ball but how McCaffrey pushed that route and threatened the defender and the other ones playing inside and then he whipped his shoulder on and the ball was there on time. That was a big-time play. You're watching football, my man. You got me fired up. Woo! <laughs> the The other thing I think,
0: takeaway last week, everything that you're seeing from the 49ers on defense is being predicated by what's happening up front. Um, you saw interceptions from Fred Warner, D'Amador Lenore, yeah. Jimmy Ward. The Niners had four takeaways on defense, and Miami went 0 for 7 on third down. And if you go back and watch that film again... It's all going on up front. Bosa is dominant. Drake Jackson playing at a really high level. He had a pass batted down in this game in a key sequence in the second half. Uh, Menahue playing at a crazy level. Samson Ebukam playing at a high level. I mean, Jordan Willis, who's now back. Uh, you know, you know, on the active roster, he's 6'4", 270, and runs in the 4'5". Amazing! And, and on this team, he's just like one of the guys on their defensive end core. So right. they got a ton of defensive ends, Armstead, um, and and they can just they can put a ton of pressure on you. And I just thought, felt like when you looked at their pressure from the defensive end position. That caused all the turnovers, and yeah, you know, the Jimmy Ward pick. It was a great play by Jimmy Ward. The receiver fell down. He climbed over the oh, top of beautiful. him and, and beautiful made that dance, interception. Yeah. But if you go back to, you know, to the play. Tua was rushed, and Tua came in, and that Dolphin offense came in rolling. rolling. I mean, absolutely rolling. And if you go back and watch that film again, what you're going to find is that the Niner defensive line made him uncomfortable, made him uncomfortable, made him play a little faster. faster than he wanted to play. He looked hurried all day, never quite looked comfortable.
1: Without a doubt, they speeded up his tempo, and he wasn't sure where he was going with the ball ill his throws because of the fact they were around his feet, they were hitting him, and Tua was like, oh, my goodness. On, on Sunday, well, you and I, we sat and we talked. And I said, hey, the keys. is I said, look, I like Miami. I said, but the biggest thing, the reason why you, I'll take them is because of the tackle play. And if you watch those tackles and you watch Sunday, the pressure from the outside and what it did was put Tua in a put him in that, that washing machine. And he was he, he was indecisive with the ball. He was, you know, they stopped his first read and then he had to hold on to it. And then the pressure came. So it looked, it was, it was really good to see what the Niners in their defense they do to tackles that don't belong as starters. And you're going to see that hopefully today again because of the fact that Bill's defensive ends you alluded to are pretty tough. Well,
0: and then the other key factor, I think, is that you're going to see that 4-D end alignment. You're going to see a Menahu and Jackson inside. Uh, and the and, You know, the one thing about Tom Brady is you got to, you know, at this point, you can really bother him if you pressure him in his face. Yeah. You know, some quarterbacks, is, uh, you know, escape – you know at the side door you know tom brady's a guy that if you can pressure him in his face uh, he has a hard time
1: you know getting out the sides and making plays at all He just throw it into the ground that's why you don't have to worry about that usually like you just alluded to and what you're what larry's saying for out there listeners, when you come up with a speed rush, usually quarterbacks can step up or step to the side where the tackle's at. But when you have a guy like Tom Brady who likes to operate in the pocket, you know, now you can speed rush and get around that corner and actually sack him because of the fact he doesn't have the ability to run and hurt you with his legs by hitting that tackle window. Even if the window's there for him to run, he's just not going to do that at this age. So, yes, without a doubt, that's what's going to be big. And when you come with four down like you just alluded to, talking about four defensive linemen, what that does is you can only double one guy because of the fact you got five offensive linemen, you have a center, two guards, and two tackles. So you have five. And but you got four defensive linemen up front. So now you're demanding that now you're gonna have more than one guy a one-on-one. You have to win your one-on-one box. That blocks. And now what you can do is you can walk the Mike linebacker or walk the backer up in there. And now guess what? Now the center has to account for him, or you brought two of them. Now the center and the running back has to first think about their protection. And when that happens, now you got four. Guys that are one on one. And the Niners, I like my chances when I got one on one blocks up front.
0: Yeah, no question. About I'm fired it. up. <laughs> Lowe's ready to hit somebody. Uh, we're here at the uh, at the Santa Clara Hilton. Stop by and say hello. It is week 14 in the NFL. There's 7, 10 a.m. games going on in the morning slate. We'll update you on those scores in just a second. Um, to me, I think one of the interesting things from last week is Miami brought the house, man. Yes. They had 13-0 blitzes against Purdy. They just said, hey, here comes Van Ginkle. Here comes all these guys off the edge. And Purdy really dealt with it. Now, here comes Tampa and Todd Bowles. And the one thing Todd Bowles is known for is he loves to dial up exotic blitzes. He does. He loves to show you a lot of pressure fronts. That was the one thing that that Miami did last week as well. They're giving you a lot of pre-snap pressure looks. And, you know, sometimes they're bringing five. Sometimes they're not, but they're giving you a lot of illusion of of blitzes. But Tampa will bring a bunch of exotics today, and it's going to be a major challenge for the 49er offensive line. Can they can they account for everybody? Well, you know, where is um, you know where where's their best players at all time? Where's Devin White? Uh, you know, where's uh, uh, is it uh, Joe Tryon? Right. I guess he changed right. his name to Tryon Shovinka, but he was Joe Tryon at, yeah. at UW. Uh, where's Tryon, where's Devin White? Those are the guys who are real dangerous up front.
1: Yeah, they, they are, and that's what's going to be interesting just to see how the quarterback handles it. But like you alluded to, last week you have the Miami Dolphins. You and I both know that that Miami Dolphins coaching staff is some pretty smart guys. You look at them, they were one of the better teams in AFC. They knew that they had, they knew they had fresh blood in the water. They knew they had fresh a guy at the quarterback position, and they dialed up. They didn't play off. They said, we're going to come after this guy and see what he knows. And he answered the bell. So when you look at Tampa Bay, I understand Todd Bowles, a great coach, been around. He's a defensive tight-minded coach. But you have to realize you're not going to see much more because you got to realize Mammy got pretty exotic. They were trying to put some pressure on this guy and make him, you know, get rid of the ball, throw the ball, throw some interceptions. Now it's about can this young man be able to hold on to the ball, don't stare down where he's going with the ball, look things off, to be able to go for that illusion, so I just want to see how he handles it because I thought he handled it well actually
0: All right, we're gonna take a break right here. We're here at the uh, Santa Clara Hilton. Stop by, say hello. Um, we're going to 1 o'clock. We'll have some NFL scores. We'll go into our keys to victory towards the end. John Dickinson is going to join us from across the street at Levi Stadium at noon. Next segment, the 49ers have done the same thing with the same plan offensively for a few weeks. We'll discuss what that plan is and will we see it again today. Larry Kruger, Loneal, here in Santa Clara, getting you ready for Niners and Buccaneers on 95.7 The Game.
1: Now back to the
0: kickoff show with Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal on 95.7 The Game.
1: Sponsored by Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And by Harris Ranch Beef. Legendary beef. Legendary quality.
0: And welcome back to the pregame show. Larry Kruger and Lo Neal here at the Santa Clara Hilton getting you ready for the Niners and the Buccaneers. Um, And we have seen the same game plan against different defenses, and it's almost like Kyle Shanahan just says, you know what, this is the plan that fits my personnel, and this is what I'm going with, which is they throw it early, and they run it late. Right, right. They they come out throwing it early. They did it last week against Miami. Even though it was Brock Purdy, they didn't stop throwing. They came out throwing it early, and they run it late. Um, and I think it's just because I think it's one of those things that just fits their personnel now. Now that they have Christian McCaffrey, it's like you can, you can get him the ball in space and throw it to him and open it up. And then once you've got the lead, you know, bleed the clock, run big J.P. Mason, the rookie running back out of Georgia Tech, the undrafted free agent. Like him. He averaged almost six yards a pop last week. Big boy. Against Miami. I think today there's a chance. Like if, if Shanahan ever called me and said, hey, you know, what's our game plan this week? (laughs) And if if you ever sought my opinion on the game plan this week, I would say feed JP Mason. Why? JP. Because McCaffrey's a little dinged. Debo's a little dinged. You got a rookie quarterback. Um, I think, I think Tampa is going to be easier to run on than pass on, even though they're going to load the box, but I want to see this kid rumble. Uh, he had a 15-yard carry. I talked to him about it this week. It was a monstrous hole. It was like 20 feet wide. <laughs> was Banks and, yeah. and, and Trent Williams and maybe Kittle on that side just cleared out the left side. Here comes Mason on that first run. He, you know, It was unbelievable the size of that hole. He comes back with another run a couple of plays later for seven yards. Right. He looked great, but then Shanahan went away from him for like two or three series and and didn't come back to him. Today, if it was up to me... I would feature Mason on this wet, soggy field and just absolutely pound him all day, control the clock, keep Brady and, and Godwin and Evans on the sideline, and uh, see if you can dominate time of possession with the rookie, rookie big back. I like,
1: I like it. You know, you're talking about running the ball. You know you get me excited, you know, especially when you got my guy Jackson, one of the better fullbacks, best fullback in the league. Why not? And then you're talking about Mason JP. This guy can get downhill. He's big boy, 240 pounds, and he's a wall. He's a brick, like you're talking about. So now you're saying this is the kind of weather, you know? Look at this uh, overcast. The sun's out, then it goes away. Rained all morning. This that mutter game, you know? You want that old mutter? You get that old Missouri chalk spotter. That old horse, you know, it can pull. You can't get no quarter horse and put it on this type of track and think it can run. You, that's where you get that old Missouri chalk spotter, which just gonna go out in there and plow. Don't worry about the mule going blindness, hold the strings, and pull the line. That's the kind of running game that you want to see today where you just say, look, we're going to be physical, we're going to get downhill, we're going to create a new line of scrimmage, and we're going to let this JPE. Let him
0: eat! Run, dominate, game plan on the <clears throat> on the Hang in field. There. Absolutely. Absolutely run the ball. Run the yeah. ball. Now, the Vegas over-under is 37-and-a-half. So that, to me, wow. says expect a low-scoring football game. And, and <clears throat> we shouldn't be surprised because if you look at the numbers, the Niners are not putting up big numbers offensively. Niners are scoring uh, 23 points a game. That's 13th in the NFL. Um and then Tampa scored 18 a game. That's 27th in the NFL. We think of Brady and Godwin and Fournette and Rashad White, Mike Evans. You know, oh, man, Tom Brady, look at this explosive Tampa offense. That's not the way it's gone
1: for them. They they have struggled badly to score points. And both these two teams to me, they're like, uh, they're those guys that's going to sit and say, bring your lunch pail. It's going to take a while because right. we're going to be here. Tampa's that team. You know it. You saw a game last week, Tampa had fourth down in like three, and you thought they were going to go for it, Tom wanted to go, and they punted the ball. They're going to play field position. They're just going to jab you, punch you with it. When they see the opening, they're going to try to hit you. And it's just going the Niners are the same way. These aren't the teams that say, oh, I'm just going to be explosive, going down field, just trying to air it out. That's not what you have. You have two teams that believe in their defense. You have two teams that say we can run the ball, we gotta run the ball, and you got two teams that say, look, we're gonna ball control, we're gonna do what we need to do. And when you're talking about that, even though this point spread seems so low, you're like, Man, it's Tom Brady, it's the Niners. But when you think about like you just slew to Niners only averaging 23, Tampa only averaged 18. So when you think about the game flow, who Tampa is and who the Niners, the Niners want to be physical. The Niners want to run the ball. So when it looks at it, when you think about that perspective, Larry. I can see that why that number set low.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, you know, trying to figure out what kind of matchup this is going to be. It, it's very difficult. The Niners have a bevy of weapons, and Purdy really sees the field. You know, Todd Bowles is going to send, a, you know, extra pressure. So they're going to try to make Purdy, you know, take chances down the field. And I think the kid's going to take those chances. Now, if he hits them, this might be a high-scoring game. Right. Uh if he doesn't, you may see the punter Mitch Wishnowski quite a bit. Uh, the Niner offense to me that's the big question. I, I mean the question's two things. One, does Shanahan have enough confidence in the in in uh, the health of McCaffrey and and you know just the skills of of JP Mason to feature the run game or is this a game where you know he's going to Tampa's is going to come out and load the box and dare Purdy to throw it down the
1: field, and Shanahan's going to let him let him throw it. Yeah, I, I think it's two part. I think you got to look at this Tampa. This, this, you're not not look at Tampa, but you got to look at the Niners and say you got JP and you got to say he's a big back, and you got to think about the field. How's this field going to look at it before halftime, and how's it going to look after the half? Even though they had it covered up, you know it. It's still going to be wet. It, they're going to chew that field up. So how is that game, what is the game going to look like from the first half to the second half? That's why I think the Niners come out and do their damage early and wait to the second half to just try to knock them out. Because Tampa's a veteran team. It's going to try to stick around. The Niners have to say, look, we can impose our will. They can still run the ball. Like you said, you got a big physical back. You got some linemen that can, you know, you got one of the best offensive tackles in the line, uh, in the league. You still can do some play action. You still can move the pocket. You can do things that's going to make misdirection because the field's going to be slippery. So now, guys, you got Kittle now that's going one way and then come across and move the pocket. So I think that favors more the Niners. So when you think about the field and just the weather and what it's going to look like, with those, you know, if they're going to have quarter inch spikes or a full inch. That feels going to get beat up this week.
0: Let's talk about the Niner defense against Brady for a second. You know, the one thing Tom Brady doesn't do is he doesn't turn it over. He's only had three interceptions all, all year, um, and he throws it a lot. I mean, for a guy who's thrown it 40 Man. times, 50 it's times, crazy. you know, he doesn't turn it over. Um, so, you know, that's, that's been one of the keys in his career really is he, yeah. he doesn't pi- he doesn't pile up a lot of turnovers. So the Niners are going to have to cover Chris Godwin out of the slot, make sure they've got tight coverage on a wet field. What do you think? I mean, um, you know, there's always the fear that you're going to slip down and create a big play.
1: Yeah. It, there, there will be some turnovers today. I mean, you, you're going to be playing on a wet field. The ball's going to be slippery. There's, there's going to be some turnovers. But I'm telling you, to me, it, it comes down team to get 120 yards or more is winning this ball game. I think the running game is going to pay huge dividends for whatever team can establish the run first. Because you have to realize this weather, the pass, you know, it could rain later on. It's it, it, a lot of things. A lot of bad things happen, especially when you're playing in the rain. When you're trying to throw the ball, ball can slip out of the quarterback hand. Ball can get stripped from you know strip sack. So I look at this game. If the Niners make this game one-dimensional, Tommy's throwing the ball fifty, sixty times a game, yeah, Tampa can win, but I don't like their chances because if they're throwing the ball that many times, that means they've shut down the run, and they're hitting Tommy too. Because even though he throws the ball fifty sometimes, guys still getting hit.
0: You know, that's to me the biggest question of this game out on the on the Tampa side is how good is their offensive line? Right. You know, the Niners' defensive front is deep and talented, and they've got the best player in the game, Bosa. And the only question I'd have is how many snaps does Bosa really get? But the Niners have a ferocious pass rush. And Tom Brady's 45 years old and completely stationary. Tampa last week saw four of their starting five offensive linemen allow three pressures or more. Shaq Mason, who's at lines up at right guard for them, surrendered seven pressures by himself. They won't have Tristan Wirfs. He's still out with the high ankle sprain. And so, you know, I mean... To me, that's really the question is can can, uh, you know, we know Tampa doesn't run the ball all that well, and they probably won't even waste that many runs trying to run it well. But then Tom Brady, this this is a modern football thing. It used to be if you were the Niner front talented, loaded, led by Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, all this talent up front right. against an offensive line that's totally banged up and has been all year and has been playing really poorly. And with a 45-year-old immobile right, quarterback, right. this right there just normally would say, oh, my God, Brady's going to get carded off. We're going to see Blaine Gabbert, <laughs> right. and the Niners are going to win this game once in a very one-sided right. fashion. But Tom Brady Smart. and gets rid of the ball really, really quickly. We saw it from Drew Brees at the end of his career, Aaron Rodgers, Brady. It's almost like these great pocket passers, it's almost like they are totally can
1: neutralize even the most dominant rushes because they can get rid of it. Just at will. They can get rid of it. They so how do you how defend to, it? They get rid of it. They know how to fall without getting injured. They see it coming. They already know where you're going with the pressure. So they're like, okay, I know he's coming. 1,001, I'm getting rid of the ball. Even if I have to throw it away. So how do you defend it? you got to knock down some balls. One, you got to say defensive lineman, you know what, jump up, bat some balls. Even though Tom is a tall guy, you got to try to think, okay, one, bat it down. Two, you you're gonna, when you're throwing the ball 50 times a game, let me tell you right now, you're going to get beat. You're going to have guys going to give up seven pressures, eight pressures, nine pressures. Think about that. If you're only throwing it 25 times, the offensive line of the niners giving up every now and guys giving up two or three. So now you're you're playing two games. You're doing here throwing two games worth of passing so you're gonna have higher opportunities. So you know you got to capitalize on the opportunities. If Tom's getting pressure and he throws one up, you gotta have a guy to say you don't you, you, you make the interception. If you know what if you, the ball's on the ground, you recover the fumble. So what you have to do when you're playing against a guy like Tom Brady's status you have to take advantage of the opportunities when it presents himself because it's he, as a, as a passer and as a, the GOAT, is not going to give you that many opportunities.
0: Yeah, he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He's not going to give you, you know, you watch a Stafford and you say, wow, look at him throw the ball. But, yeah, once or twice a game, he's going to give you one. Right. He's going to give you an opportunity to pick off a pass. Brady... Not necessarily no. in the case. He may not. Don't ever miss give the layup. You... When he
1: gives you a layup, don't make 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 the layup. The That's
0: other it. the other two guys to really keep an eye on today in this matchup against Brady is Eric Armstead and Charles Menahue. Mm-hmm. Both long-arm guys who play inside. of um, you know, really a defensive end, but they're lining him up at tackle, especially with the injuries the Niners have had. They won't have a son Ridgeway today, yeah. so that's they're down one more man in the middle. But if you look at the numbers, Tampa's had an interior offensive line issue all year. They've they've given up multiple pressures in 11 of the 12 games they've played this year. So if you can pressure Tom in his face and then you can pressure Tom off the edge... Uh, you know, uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting. I, I personally think that this sets up beautifully for the 49ers. Why? Because Tom's going to try to get rid of the ball quickly underneath. Um, and the Niners on that second level right now, well, we're seeing it every week that goes by. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Al Shayer. If you play base offense and, they can, the, and the Niners can go with their three linebackers on the field at one time, they're so fast, they're so... I mean, they're, th- that's probably the best linebacking core in the game right now. Warner's playing at a crazy level. Greenlaw's playing at an all-pro level. Yeah. I mean, these guys are – That's those three guys give this Niner defense
1: swagger. They, they do, and, and that's why you alluded to when you pressure Brady, pressure him from the middle – that's why you, you don't have to compromise in, in the integrity of your secondary. Because your front four, because you have three guys that are one-on-one blocks, somebody's getting home. And now your linebackers can drop and play two-mike. You still can get guys that can drop out in coverage and take away some of the underneath stuff, so it still makes it hard, especially if you can push Brady from the middle. Now, when you do bring pressure from the middle, or think you say get bring a pressure, bring a dog or something from one of the linebackers, right Brady's going to try to beat you outside. You watch, the, you watch that game against the Saints. They threw the ball downfield at least seven or eight shots. Guys didn't catch it. Some was underthrown. Some was overthrown. Some of the guys just dropped or P.I., but they will take some chances. So I'm telling the secondary is going to be ch- – I, I know. I know Brady's offensive line doesn't hold up well, but I'm telling you. Tom Brady is going to challenge the secondary and he's going to challenge them intermediate and and long.
0: No question. And maybe the key guy for, you know, the 49ers are playing Tayshawn Gibson uh, with Hafonga and those guys at times have been susceptible to giving up the big pass play, and they've had some broken plays. is a terrific player on having an absolute bust-out year, but if there's a weakness in his game, it's his pass coverage down the field. Tayshaun Gibson took a bad angle a couple times last week, and it burned them. Um, I'm, I'm liking, though, Jimmy Ward in his new role. He's, he's playing that nickelback, and the Niners – you know, the Niners defense had nine takeaways in the first nine, You know, first two months of the season. They've had nine takeaways in the last month alone, and Ward
1: has been absolutely instrumental in most of those. And guess what? You'd win the takeaway battle, you usually win football games. Yeah. 70%, 80% of you win to take, to take over in a turnover battle, you're usually going to win football games. And I'm going to tell you, like you alluded to, the defense, what they do on each level has been unbelievable. When you watch them up front, a good secondary if you have show me a good great secondary i'm going to show you a great up for, i'm going to show you show me a great secondary you better be looking at those guys up front on that defensive line and having nikki bolsa the best pass rusher in the game today and probably you know could put his name in half for defensive player of the year what he's doing it, it, it's pretty interesting it's pretty you're pretty lucky and pretty blessed and then oh by the way i got Menhu and armstead and other guys that can play up front that's what makes that secondary can be so aggressive and be on guys and play so aggressive and understand if I can disrupt them for just a second or two, I already know my guys up front now they're going to get home. If I, they let Tom and they let Tom Brady hold the ball, Tom Brady's going to pick them apart. You know that and I know that. That's why this game is won this week. It's, I know it's cliche, but in the trenches.
0: Yeah, no, there's just no question about it. it you know, if I would feel a lot Worse about the Niners' chances if Tristan Wirfs were in there because Wirfs right. is a tremendous offensive lineman. In fact, you know if you really look at it, if if the Niners had to do it again and they could go with either Tristan Wirfs or Javon Kinlaw, I think they probably oh, would have okay. gone Tristan Wirfs yeah. Uh, yeah. because Wirfs is you know was right of there. Course. I think they were considering Wirfs as well. Uh, he was on the board, I believe, when they went with Kinlaw. Uh, but he's out today with the high ankle sprain, and he is big time. He's a monster. Uh, he He's a big time, you know, uh, pass, pass protector, and he's not going to go. Um, let's run down some scores. Man, already some surprises low. Let me hear it. All right, here we go. This is week 14 morning games around the league. There are t- or seven 10 a.m. games. Jets, Bills in Buffalo. Jets have the ball with about 10 minutes to play in the third quarter. Buffalo only with a seven nothing lead. Mm. One of the, those division games, those division matchups are always a battle.
1: They they are, and you watch Buffalo offensively, man. They've kind of Josh has seemed like I'm going to say lost his way, but they're struggling offensively to score on a consistent basis. And the Jets, man, hey, give Salah some credit. I mean, if he had a quarterback uh, like a really quarterback, how good could that team be? What they've been able to do, especially from a defensive side of ball, they're in every single ball game. Jets playing good football. Are they going to get
0: rid of Zach Wilson at the end
1: of the year? Uh, I think so.
0: Really? Wow, yeah. that would be incredible. All right, the Battle of Ohio, Browns-Bengals in Cincinnati. This has been kind of Joe Joe Burrow's kryptonite. He hasn't been able to beat the Browns, but the Bengals are up 13-3. Uh, third quarter just underway there. All right. Upset city in the making. The Houston Texans are leading the Dallas Cowboys no! at the half. It is 20 to 17 Texans oh, okay. against the Cowboys. Cowboys rolled in a 17-point favorite, and they're down three at the break.
1: Yeah, don't worry about that one. You know what? They're not losing that game. I don't think so either, but uh, they might not cover though. Seventeen—that's
0: yeah, a, a big. They probably won't cover, right? Uh, you know, here's the surprising game of the week: Vikings and Lions. The Vikings are ten and two or something like that, yeah. or eight and two, and uh, they're dogs today to the Lions, who are like whatever—they're five
1: and seven or whatever the Lions are. Um, I can see them being dogs of the Lions. The Lions are playing.
0: Lions are playing well, and they're in Detroit, and the Lions are winning. It's 14-7 Lions.
1: Okay. You and I talked about the Lions this year. I told you, hey, you know, my guy Aaron Glenn told you. When him to, he said, man, they're going to compete. They're competing, man, competing. All right, we may be seeing an upset in Uh-oh. Nashville. The
0: Titans are losing to uh, the Jaguars. A lot of talk in uh, Jacksonville that Trent Baalke could be on the hot seat, uh, the general manager of the Jaguars. And the Jaguars lead 20-14 to oh. over the Titans at the half.
1: Wow, I'm kind of shocked with that because Tennessee really hasn't found their way. Watching Tennessee, the inconsistency of their ball club, and you watch who they are, and you know what they're going to do. They're going to try to run the ball. And when the big fella's not running and not running well – Tennessee's just this team. It's just another team. If he's not having effect,
0: and then the maybe the one that makes me kind of go, uh oh, is Philly is establishing some big time momentum. They're up twenty seven to seven at MetLife in New Jersey against the G men. 27-7, 11 minutes to play in the third quarter. Eagles putting one on the Giants. Giants got off to a hot fly, start Eagle, and fly. are now coming back to earth. And the Eagles are building towards a what they think is going to be a long playoff run. We'll see if it's going to happen. But um, I thought that would be a much closer game than
1: that. Yeah, you look at the Giants, though. You look at what they have. If Saquon's not going at, you know, at running well, can they just say, can 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 Jones just beat you? Can they just take over a game? I think, like you said, their coach has been inspiring them. They've been winning games. That, no one really said, okay, is the Giants are they are they more trick or are they more treat? What, who are the you know the New York the G-men? So I'm not sold on them. But Philadelphia, you look at this ball club. You got to pound the ball against them. You got to be able to run the ball to keep you know to keep Hurts off the field. You got to be able to pound those guys. And if you can't do that to keep that offense off the field, you're in trouble because Philadelphia they can
0: light it up. And watch out for Philly running the football. They are averaging in this game against the Giants 8.3 yards wow. per carry. Wow. Hertz is doing it. Miles Sanders is doing it. They got weapons, man. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. Uh, They'll eventually get Dallas Goddard back. They got a great O-line. Hertz
1: is playing like an MVP. They hey. got a great, Hargraves a monster yeah. on their front. AJ Brown, tell me about what you think when they, when, that, when that trade happened. When that happened, were you like, did you think he was going to be at this level? When you, you, you if-
0: I always loved AJ Brown. I, mean, I I loved AJ Brown in the draft where the Niners got Debo. I thought the Niners, uh, you know, should have gone for AJ Brown. Okay, I, okay, I you've been him. on him. Oh, you've oh yeah, on, no, okay. he's been a big time guy for the Rebels. He at, is. You know, so he was like a five star guy and played a ton as a freshman and as a sophomore. He's just a big, physical, Visit- dominant down the field receiver who's just. He's a man. He's, yeah. He's a man child. And, and he was being – he wasn't getting, you know, fully used with Tannehill and Nashville in that run-first offense.
1: No, no. And this, this offense now fits him, man. They're going to him. And just what Jalen Hurts, the breed offense that they have, with his ability, you have a Jalen Hurts, and I know they, they thought you had that in, in San Fran, but if you have a, what Jalen Hurts does to the defensive ends and to the linebackers, because when he rides them into the line, the, the running back, and all of a sudden the linebackers have to step up, and now the defensive end has to stay home because he doesn't know he's going to pull it, and now all of a sudden there's a pop pass and you're throwing it, so it's an RPO. You're in trouble, brother. You're in trouble.
0: One <laughs> other uh, game going on at Heinz Field, 13-7, the Ravens over the Steelers in a game that hmm, I'm not watching it, but I'm picturing hard hitting and a lot of bad
1: vibes on both sides. I'm going to tell you right now, when you just said that my my back started hurting, my neck started aching. I remember playing for the Ravens, you know, year 16, and we lost to the Steelers three times, and that was the most physical game. I ripped my hamstring in that game. My neck, I just felt like I dropped two inches just going. Like you said, it is a physical black and blue game the afc championship game you remember willie mcgay he gets knocked out he can't even fly home with the team you remember that freaking hit that he took right over the middle that game like you said it is physical it's mean Guy, those both teams we they do not like one another no and you don't have lamar jackson i'm surprised that they're up 13 to death Yeah,
0: touchdown in the game for uh antioch's naji harris I-J! and also uh, jk dobbins is back for the ravens and he has scored 13-7 the ravens have a lead at heinz field Over the Steelers. All right. Those are the morning games going on around the league. We're going to take a timeout right now. J.D.'s going to join us next from inside the stadium. We'll get a couple breakdowns from J.D. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, what he expects to see from Brock Purdy. And we'll get into why NFL teams may have missed on Brock Purdy. J.D. joins us next from Levi's as we get you ready for the Niners and the Buccaneers. Week 14 action on 95.7 The Game.